My name is Rebecca Adejire. I am a very tenacious person. I have big dreams and um, I, I have a head full of ideas and inspiration. I am very self-motivated and um, I just really love to solve problems. Hello and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Where others look at issues, I just try to look at opportunities. And that has been my drive and my and my vision because I understand that life can be really, really full of a lot of obstacles, but every day I just keep pushing and keep motivating myself that I can be a better version. And um, basically, I love um, people who are very, very positive. I don't really like any negative um, energy. Anybody would make me really feel like, okay, I'm not good enough because I understand that words are very, very powerful and we need to constantly encourage ourselves and encourage others around us because we live in a world full of challenges already. So it won't make any meaning for you to try to bring someone else down with your opinion or with your words or your actions. So my mantra is just to live life and uh, treat people nicely because you don't know what people are going through. That's good. That's That's a very important one. Everyone is fighting his own war. When you see somebody, don't... Instead of criticizing, just be passionate, be compassionate, no? Because you don't know what the person is going through, so I get that, but that is very interesting. Now, can you tell me something a little bit about your background? Like, where did you grow up? Were you born in Lagos? Help us understand that part. I've lived all my life in Lagos, and um, I was born in Lagos. I was raised in Lagos. The only thing that really took me out of Lagos for the first time was during my NYSC. It's this uh, mandatory scheme we have here in Nigeria for every graduate. After your, your degree, you're mandated to serve the nation for a, of a year, and you have to be posted to regions that are or that is outside your locality. Possibly they look at regions that you have not, you've never been to. Because the purpose of the NYSC is for you to be able to learn and integrate with other people in the Nigerian society. You need to be able to learn their culture, the way they do things. You need to be able to understand their way of life. And it's uh, majorly just for unity. So that was what took me out of Lagos, out of the south to the north for the first time. And I went to Kano State. After which I stayed for about three years. Because I finished my NYSC, I decided to enroll for an MBA, and I was I was there for a while because I really liked the culture. I liked the fact that people there were really easygoing. Unlike the hustle and bustle of Lagos, every day you be up very early to catch a bus, traffic. It was just really hectic. I think I needed a break from from the hustle and bustle, and I really just wanted to enjoy other people's culture. I needed to see life in a different perspective. No different from the way people just always see life as just need to make money. You need to be out there. You need to, because I observed that over there, they are really very, very patient and they are mostly very satisfied. I mean, somebody opened a shop and at 
later than six o'clock. Yeah, in fact, the market closes at six. They are gone because it's just like we thank God for today. We've so God has really helped us. It's not a matter of we need to keep selling. Even if a customer comes and they're about to close their shop, it's like, okay, will you come back tomorrow because we're done for the day? Something you would never see happening in Lagos because I think the Lagos spirit is very different. Um, but over there, the culture is different. Even the topography, the climate, you know, it's not much. So it's be very, very covered up in uh, modest outfits. I think it's more of their culture than temperature. So that's really different because like here in the South in Lagos where you see people just dress however they choose or however they please because I think there's a lot of freedom when it comes to appearance here and the only thing anybody can do is to just take a look at you and you know that's all. But over there you kind of get this um you kind of get this feeling that, oh, I think I've I, I overdone it. I'm not supposed to be appearing this way because, you know, you're probably going to be the odd one out of the, out of the crowd. So uh, that's just it. I leave the Lagos and um, I stayed in Kano for about three years. And I think that has really shaped my orientation and how I really relate with people, especially those of other ethnic groups. When you were growing up in Lagos, can you tell me anything that sort of... Um, um, Make Lagos stand out from maybe any other place in Nigeria. I don't know anything. What do you see around you? Just tell me what you see around you growing up as a teen, as a little girl in Lagos. As a little girl in Lagos, what I really observe about Lagos, or let me say Lagosians, is the um, is the attitude of um, you just need to be extremely smart, because honestly, in Lagos. It has always been at the back of my mind that everybody is really just out there to like um, maybe feed on your ignorance. So you need to appear like you are knowledgeable, even if you don't have zero knowledge about <laughs> anything going on. You just need to appear strong because the moment you begin to appear like you're a weakling in Lagos, I think there are only just few people who would just probably want to be of helping and without any ulterior motive. Because honestly, in Lagos, is is just a city where you really don't even know the intentions of the person next to you. You just have to be extremely at a lot. And you need to know that the only people who care about you are those of your immediate family, like your parents, your sibling, even your neighbor. You just have to be extremely careful. You don't really just you know, do things or go visiting or try to um, invade people's privacy because you, you never can tell what the next person is doing or what they are engaged in. So it's more of a uh, mind your business and just, you know, focus on what you're doing and don't interfere in other people's activities. So in Lagos, I just always believe that even while growing up, I've always had this sound warning of you have to be careful, you have to be very observant, you don't just, you know, get carried away by things. You know, like, you literally can't just be walking around and you see a group of people gathered somewhere and you want to just decide to just go and, oh, let me know what's going on here. It's not allowed in Lagos, especially if you know that you're not beat for maybe the repercussion. So you just need to keep it moving. You need to keep, keep it moving on your own lane and make sure that you're not really interfering in things that you know that if you get out of hand, 
you might not be able to get out of the situation. So this kind of mindset now that you have been uh, taught when you were still much younger, how does it affect you? I mean, what kind of influence does it have on you in terms of how you relate with people, the kind of um, interaction you have with other people in Lagos? Uh, or even you can say in other part of Nigeria, because now in Lagos, people are then coming from other parts. As you grew up now, you went to Kano State, you met with people. So I'm trying to understand if, in a way, this might say that you have had, because growing up in Lagos, have any influence on you? Absolutely. You know, this mindset is just the mindset of every average Lagosian. In fact, every average Lagosian, literally every average educated Lagosian, because it's mostly those who are uneducated that are that are very um, outspoken in Lagos. To be sincere, average educated Lagosians are much more, I don't know, I would use the word um, conservative, but it kind of feels like there are some certain places or there are some certain um, areas you just do not get to air your opinion because um, it happens. Let me give you an example. For instance, now in Lagos, you're probably out on the street and you want to buy the bus. There is this uh, bus uh, system we have here that is managed by a body called the NURTW. And those people are, they are Lagosians, they are uneducated, they are troublemakers in the sense that they lack a lot of patience. And it happens that they can easily prey on you at any God-given time. It could just be any little thing. You probably don't have a change to give them and they already made a sound warning or they just feel they need to just do whatever they like. Possibly you have you had an agreement they were supposed to drop you at a particular destination and all of a sudden they feel like they're not going that route anymore or they can't go as far they can just decide that okay you know what i'm going to drop everybody here and it happens that in lagos everybody just picks up their bags and okay we'll find our way nobody really just tries to object anything and that has really gone deep and deeper even into governance into policy making it's just now that people are beginning to see that okay you know what we need to really look critically into issues we need to really speak up because you know talking about these things will not really uh, change anything about you it won't remove a strand of air from your air you just need to just you know feel free as long as you're not comfortable, as long as you feel like there is something that is not okay by you, you need to feel free to talk about it because usually that's how the Lagos mentality has always been like, okay, you do not question people, even random people. You don't question anybody's, um, you don't question anybody. That's why, you know, people can get to do a lot of things in Lagos and even passerby are just going to just walk away because, of course, it's really none of their business. They don't know what's, what's going on over there. And the only set of people who can maybe extend or air their opinion are those who are more of the semi-illiterate because I think those guys see themselves as, you know, they really, I don't know, maybe it's just the, their own kind of different upbringing, which is different from the average educated Lagosian, where they feel like, why not? I, had, I need to talk. I need to say something, you know, compared to the educated Lagosian or somebody who has just had this, um, you know, enclosed lifestyle because an average Lagosian is not somebody who, who moves around because you spend half of your time in traffic 
and even the fear of getting stuck in traffic would not even want you to, would not make you want to move around. So an average negotiation really just depends on the media for information. Like we really don't even have so much um, interaction in our immediate society. We don't really have so much interaction to even know what your next neighbor is doing or how doing because you know it's it's just like an unspoken rule. This mentality, okay, this is a typical urban mentality, you know, um, where everything is sort of, uh, you mind your own business, actually. But what I'm trying to see, uh, ask now is that maybe compared to other cities in Nigeria, it can be maybe Enugu or Benin City or Kano State where you have been in the city. Um, are they all the same or is it just particular of it is what you are describing just particular of lagos um in reality like i said earlier even this mentality in lagos does not cut across every uh socio-economic background um looking at um every area because there are some certain areas that things like that would not would not fly like when we look at semi-illiterate areas now possibly at the market you know, market people in Lagos are different people entirely. They are, in fact, they are way more outspoken. They are way more informed. And they really do not care about uh, how their opinion will go. Or uh, they don't really have this fear. Or they just feel like they just need to speak out. It happens that you're not satisfied with a levy or something. The average uh, semi-literate, you know, uh, market, which is a thing that, how do I put it? It's actually not supposed to be like that. Like you said, it's the urban nature. And also because of the um, gradual um, insecurity, you know, Nigeria is becoming a different culture entirely from where we when we grew up. Because when we when we, we were growing up, you know, certain things that you could do as kids, you can't do it to your children right now. Because gone are those days where in Nigeria you can literally just um, maybe you want to travel and you just leave your kids with your neighbor. You know, you want to send your maybe five year old to really help you go and buy something down the road. You know, you. You want to leave your kids with other children to play as they like because you believe that almost every parent is giving their child or their ward uh, proper home training. And you believe that every child is trained because back then it happens that it takes a community to raise a child. But in the new Nigeria, it's no longer like that. I mean, you can't really interfere into another child's upbringing. So if you are giving your child a lot of home training, you want to be able to safeguard your child from other children that are not as trained as they are, so they won't they won't get corrupted. Like the system is gradually changing, because I, I believe if you lived in Nigeria, maybe when you were younger, you can agree with me that you know there was a there was a lot of freedom for children back then. But now it seems that children are having this mentality of they need to stay indoor. They don't need to interfere in opinions. They don't need to interfere in things. They just need to, you know, stay where they are put. And they need to only, you know, talk about things that they are, they are asked to talk about. Because it's really changing. It's not how it used to be anymore. And uh, your other question of other parts of Nigeria, like, is it the same in like the East? Is it the same 
in the north. Um, it's it's not the same entirely. Absolutely not the same because um, I can say for the north it's not the same. In the north, it happens that um, over there, you know, it's more of a single ethnic uh, place in the sense that your neighbors are people of um, the same language, people of the same culture. And even if there is going to be a little bit of difference, at least you're from the same origin. So um, whatever is happening, you know that you have some, some sort of mutual understanding based on the fact that you share the same um, ethnic origin. You really understand that, okay, no matter what, this person is Hausa, I'm Hausa. And if anything is going on there, it's going to be a, a group of Hausa people. So you can always interfere and you would be accepted because you're part but in Nigeria, in Lagos, on the other hand, it's different people caught across different places. You have the ethnic, you have the Bibio, you have the Igbos, you have the Yorubas, you have the Aosas, you have the Fulanese. In fact, you really would not want to interfere in activities going on that is only like the Igbos that are there, or more of the Igbos that are there, or more of the Fulanese, or more of the Aosas. So you just need to be like, be careful because even if you want to be outspoken and it happens that you have a mix of so many people, so many ethnic groups, you know, you know, it's going to be more really a conflict for you to get your opinion to be heard or for you to get your, for you to be able to communicate effectively with them because that barrier already is going to be like, okay, <laughs> you just have to know how to really communicate that in such a way that it has to be accepted. So I, I think with this, you can really picture my... Thank you. Thank you for that, Rebecca. So I mean, if we were to go to maybe uh, places like um, like Ogun State or like, you know, your... Uh, I'm using this example because you are <clears throat> of a Yoruba extraction, you see. So, uh, of course, this is also the same if we are looking at maybe going to Enugu or going to uh, Kwara State or going to Kano State or going to Bini, for example, no? where you have a predominant ethnic group. So, I mean, um, what you are saying we made sense there, no? that this way of living before, where there is a sort of trust among the people, uh, uh, the, the saying that it takes the community to raise a child, you mean it's still relevant there or it is the entire Nigeria that is actually changed irrespective of where you might be finding yourself? It's absolutely relevant. I can say of the Yorubas, it's very relevant. The Yorubas have always been on the lookout for each other's children. I mean, they've taken it upon themselves. In fact, the Yorubas are the kind of ethnic group that will leave what they are doing to really want to help you discipline your child. I don't know what they have to gain in it, but I feel like uh, Yorubas are, when it comes to children upbringing, they really like to make sure that, you know, it cuts across everybody's child. And also for the uh, predominant ethnic group and the unity and the fact that you can easily just, you know, air your opinion. Yes, in places like Oyo, Ogun, in places like uh, Enugu, Imo, that they are all of the same extraction, it's going to be way more easy for them over there compared to places like Lagos. Like, there's people always say that Lagos is like a no man's land. You know, for, for them to say it's like a no man's land, you need to be, know that, okay, you don't have a relative here, except maybe if this is your hometown. 
this is your this is your this is your land except that but if it's not you need to just understand that you know we are just here cohabitating and we just need to be able to tolerate each other no matter what even if things don't go or sit well with you you just need to be able to understand that okay this is lagos and um, you just need to be able to tolerate people and not always um uh, maybe feel like you need to like Tell them that you're not you're not okay with it every time because you know you need to be able to accommodate some form of tolerance when you're in Lagos compared to when you're in other places or where you're at home where every other person around you is somebody that speaks your language is from your background you can easily just you know communicate as you as you wish and you know they can easily just it's just, it just happens that when you speak your language it's just everywhere. When a group of Yorubas are speaking their language to each other, it, it goes smoothly. And when a group of Igbos are also speaking their language and communicating, or even them knowing that you're a part of us, it's much more welcoming. Compared to you're just not part of them, it's, it's just, you just need to really know. Because I had a lot of challenge when I was in Kano for the first few uh, months I stayed there. I learned to understand that you, you can't just literally go, uh, you know, have a conversation with a group of um, outside people sitting down. You need to be, you know, you need to literally ask that, oh, can I sit with you? Can I, like, join in, in your conversation? Because you can't just go there and just decide you want to just... It's not a campus, like, how do I put it? Even if it's a campus, you know, like campuses in the West where it's a mix of everybody. Campuses in the North there is still majority of the Nortanas that are students there so most of the time when they are conversing is always going to be a mix of them and if you want to be a part of that conversation you need to seek the permission so seeking the permission would let them you know feel free be at ease that okay yes compared to just barging in and you know feeling like you have something to say when you're not asked to say thank you so much for that i appreciate that all right now looking at lagos again and looking at the the Nigerian experience, because Lagos appeared to be a kind of a boiling point for the Nigerian experience, no? in that all the different ethnic groups from different parts of Nigeria come to meet up in Lagos and they are coexisting together. And for the most part, they are coexisting actually in peace. But in within the Nigeria political setup, sometimes they, they tend to say the idea that we are different. This diversity sometimes they seem to project it almost from a negative point of view in most of the cases. Maybe it's because they want to win election or because it helped them to be able to manage the people. I don't know. Uh, but the question I actually am trying to ask you is that because you are a, an educated person, you have gone around a different part of uh, Nigeria. Okay, you have gone to the north and you are uh, in Lagos where you see all kinds of Nigerians coming together. Do you think that the people of Nigeria are actually able to live across their ethnic line without a uh, major conflict? Because, of course, people everywhere have problems. Those in the United States have problems of the United States. Those in England had the problem of being in England. There is nowhere that is absolutely 100% peaceful. You see, the ethnic um, issue in Nigeria, actually, 
it's not something that I can really like place my fingers on to be like what really happened. But according to history, I've always known that it was never like this. I mean, Nigerians were welcome everywhere. You can be a Yoruba man living in the north and you're fine. You can be Igbo living in the north and you're good. You can be Yoruba living in the east and you're perfect. Nobody has any animosity towards you or nobody just sees you and feel like they have this certain hatred towards you because there is really there was nothing like that. So um, what must have brought about so much difference amongst us is really what I don't know. I can't even categorically say that it's politics, it's, it's this, it's that. I really, honestly, I can't, I can't even explain. It just feels like people right now are really angry. That's just what I can say because I believe that if everybody had equal opportunity as a Nigerian, if as a Nigerian, if I am Yoruba, and for me to get qualified for a certain job, it's on merit, not really based on who I know or who I can pay or do I have another Yoruba uncle who is in power. When it's not like one-sided, when one ethnic group doesn't feel like they are, they are relegated or these other groups are being favored over us, I think... If everybody really, like there's an adage that says that this, the sky is really big enough for everybody to to fly, for every bird rather to fly. If everyone feels like, oh, you're educated and, you know, I can get a job without having to, you know, feel like because I don't have an uncle who is in power or because I don't have an auntie who is in power or... I think right now is the knots that are really enjoying all the privileges because they are the one in government holding all the necessary positions and the Igbos don't feel like that. Because if there was really equal opportunity amongst everybody, even in your own uh, city, in your own land, you're equally flourishing as much as the Igbo man is flourishing, as much as the Aosa man is flourishing. And everybody is, is comfortable there wouldn't be any cause for for hatred because it's when you're idle, you don't have anything to do. You know, things are not really going on well as you plan. That's when you start to really hate on some other person. And you now start to think that, okay, this person is not even from my ethnic group. And you just begin to feel hatred towards that person. And that's how it starts, literally, because uh, the Aosas feel like the Igbos in the north are the ones making a lot of money on their, like, they feel like it's their land. What the ones who are supposed to be making all of this money? What the one who is supposed to be, you know, getting all of these opportunities? Likewise, the Igbos too feel like being, you know, likewise, the Yorubas to feel the same. That's basically what I think is you know, as really eating deeply into the uh, differences we have, where it feels like nobody even tolerates anybody anymore. Even those that, like your neighbors, don't really even want to tolerate you anymore. Because it happens that if everybody were on the same pedestal, if everyone really had something going on, things were really going fine. I mean, you can afford your three square meal without any issue. You can really do things at ease, I, I think there is going to be sanity compared to what we currently have now. 
if I understand you correctly now, it means that if the problem that we are even having in Nigeria is it appears as if we are even creating it ourselves, no? Because the problem are really not natural uh, in that and because maybe for the purpose of managing the people, those that are in the position of authority or those who are in the position of power like to manage the people like this because it becomes easier for them to manage. We as a people don't want to be in crisis. We want to live in peace, naturally speaking as a people. But of course, there are these individuals that are just heightened the tension. Ah, you are the, for example, what uh, Buhari is being accused of now in many of the cases, no? You are the president of the country. If you try to be, if you try to be uh, favoring your ethnic group in the uh, in appointing people into the into the administration, into your administration, what you are saying is that when next a person coming to this office is a Yoruba person, he should do the same. When next a person coming from an Igbo extraction coming, should do the same. But how can a country progress like this? This is what I'm saying, that we are actually creating the problem. The problem are not naturally there. The problem are being created. That's what I'm, I don't know if it makes any sense. You're, you're correct. I mean, you've, you've said a lot because that's actually what we see happening right now because we are, even our leaders are not really uh, treating the country as one. It happens that some are favored over the others. And uh, we just, uh, people are really seeing things as they are now. And that's what is causing a lot of agitation, a lot of, um, because it's, it's, it's just, uh, how I put it, it's just the, the effect of the actions they make or the, uh, the, the actions they, they took. It's just the ripple effect. Because for every cause, there will always be a corresponding effect. And it just happens that they didn't really, they didn't sit down to look um, clearly into all of the um, the um, this potential effect. That is the potential negative effect that can come to play from their own actions or from their own um, uh, doings. Because it happens that Lagos is doing so well for themselves, not because of the federal government per se. It just happens that it has always been a, a city where, you know, they aside them generating their own internal revenue, but they, they put back those um those income into will I say infrastructure, into creating um opportunities, you know. And also because of the population, people trooping in, where there are more people coming in, there would be definitely more opportunities. Because if we have more people trooping in into a particular place, you know, there will be more opportunities for those in the educational sector. There will be much more schools. There will be, because these amenities need to be provided as well. So entrepreneurs will come in and, you know, mop up those problems and create uh, opportunities for themselves. So that's really what's happening. It's not uh, necessarily like Lagos is doing something spectacular or Lagos is doing something so much because it happens that even if you leave your state to come to Lagos, like if you, if you do not, if you do not probably have, or if you're not favored to really get the necessary help, you might still just be here and still be struggling because 
like I always said, it's a no man's land. So anything, whatever is going to happen to you in Lagos, it's really not mostly dependent on your own ability. Most times it has to be that you're just lucky to be at the right place at the right time. You're lucky to just get favored by somebody. Because you being in Lagos, even working on the street of Lagos, doesn't mean that you're going to get opportunity. No. So it's, that's just how it is. There can be more to be said there, but it's okay. Wait, let, let's leave it there and progress on. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you are concentrating on in your in your work, in your profession. Tell me more. Let's spend some time there. Okay. At the moment, what I'm currently doing now is Mouth Strings. Actually, uh, Mouth Strings is a website, is a blog website. And I started that, la that was last year, June, July. I created the website. I I was able to get the necessary skill to be able to build a website and um, I started to just write. So what happened is initially I used to be very, very active on LinkedIn. I mean, I used to really just post on LinkedIn once, you know, and often, but I moved off from LinkedIn and I've just concentrated on writing on my website. And, um, what I write on mostly is on love, relationship, marriage, dating, sex, and everything. So um, I started to do that, and I just continue to do that. Actually, when I started, I really did not have any concrete vision for mouth strings. I just was just, okay, let me just have a blog site, and let me just air my opinion on certain issues that revolve around love, marriage, sex, dating, and everything. But it happens that as time goes on, you know, you just see opportunity or you just get a vision and you feel like, yes, this is a vision that aligns with what I'm currently doing. How about I just go along the line? Because it happens that in my writings, in my opinion, I get to see that people read and they ask me questions, you know. And I literally just was just able to observe that in Nigeria, as it is right now, People are going through a lot of um, mental challenge in the sense that it's really hard for you to get a trusted person or it's also very expensive for you to get professional help when it comes to things like your relationship, your marriage, you know, sex, dating and all of those things because um, we don't know who to talk to. And issues that revolves around these particular areas of our lives and not what we are always really comfortable to discuss in public because we're really going to be afraid of um, stigmatization and not even stigmatization. You just really just, you don't know um, how people will take it. And the fact that people are just out there to really just, uh, to really just take your story as a gist to just share around, not really because they have, they feel sober, or they really feel like you need help, or they really feel like, oh, this this should not happen. It happens that people just are hungry for for gist, and they just want to pass out pass around your 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 uh, your story or something that is really bothering you. And even it happens that in your own circle, you're having relationship issues, and you can't just really just talk to your friends or your family about it because. To them, it's, it can just be kind of, um, they probably just shift the blame on you 
or just tell you a lot of um, things that, oh, it's your fault. But it happens that these are issues that people go through. And I thought that, okay, Mouthstring should be a platform where people can really be able to get help when it comes to issues relating to their love life, to their dating, to their marriage, to sex. Because sex in particular is not even what the Nigerian culture or people just really want to openly discuss. But there are issues around it. People are married. They definitely have sex as often as they can. And in doing so, there are issues around it. There are tons of issues that needs to be discussed. All right. Tell me, what are some of the issues around it that people should know? At least you are producing content around it, no? So tell me, what do you, what do you want people to know about it, not about sex? Okay, sex in particular, I, how do I put it? Like, I, I, I say I am a, a self-acclaimed sex therapist, not like I took a course on it or I, I have a, a, a certification or something. I just feel like I have so much knowledge and I feel like, okay, since I have this knowledge, how about I share it? So certain things about sex that we need to know is the fact that it's a way of life. It's part of our life. It's part of what makes us human. It's part of what makes us what we are because even characteristics of living things, reproduction is part of it. And we need to also take that part of our life seriously because sex is not just only, and it's not just a physical thing only. It's also an emotional thing. So there are certain things that you need to know that, okay, when it comes to a married person, a married man and a married woman, you need to be able to know that, okay, your sex life is a part of your life and you need to be intentional about it. You don't just take it for granted. You don't take it for levity because there was a there was a there was an article I wrote. Uh, I talked about reasons why men would really want to cheat because majority of the men would really want to cheat if they are not sexually satisfied in their marriage. And as a woman, you need to know that you need to be able to, you know, try to be intentional. You need to be spontaneous. You need to try to see that you spice up. Your, your life when it comes to that area because you can't just decide that oh it's not important oh it's just average it's just it's just it no as human beings literally we are we are we are we we constantly seek adventure we we get bored easily so you can't just be doing the same thing over and over. The moment your husband gets a taste of something that is quite different from what you have, you then you, you, you need to be careful because you might have to, you know, be sharing him because it's just, it's just the, um, it's just the way our psychology is made up of, even as a lady, not just a man, even as a lady, not just a man, if you feel like you're getting something else that is better from what your current partner is giving you, you might just tend to be distracted. It, from distraction, it could become an habit. And from habit, you can, uh, you can just lose what you currently have with your current partner and move on with a new partner. So that's why you need to be intentional about making sure that that area of your life is secured. And also, when it comes to relationship, marriage, there are issues. Half of the mental challenges we go through as an individual has to do with our relationship, not just with our spouse, not just with our uh, significant other, but with other people. You know, 
premarital counseling, even in your marriage, in your relationship, there are a lot of issues that come up every day. There was an article I wrote about tolerance, like talking about tolerance is one of the most eating things that people don't even get to look at when they are choosing a life partner because love fades. You know, you can be attracted to somebody now and the moment you're in the marriage, you know, you need to keep striving to see that that marriage works. And what fuels it is the tolerance. The moment you cannot tolerate somebody anymore, you're going to become someone else. Whatever that person does is going to be like trash, no matter how beautiful, how nice, as long as you can't even tolerate such person. So when it comes to tolerance, you need to be able to look at the fact that, can I tolerate this person's habits? Am I patient enough to tolerate this person around me for a certain period of time and not really get disgusted by their presence? Can I tolerate having this person to to uh to share a space with can i really tolerate uh this person because your partner would not always be beautiful i mean they will not always be in their best self every now and then all beautiful glammed up and everything there will be some times that they are looking so like is this the person that i married like but once once you have that tolerance you would know that you know what this is it and I just have to tolerate it because we tolerate people outsiders. We get to tolerate. So if you can be able to give such allowance for tolerance to people that are not even your family, someone you're not living with, someone you're not sharing the same bed space with, then you need to be able to also extend that tolerance to the significant other. You need to be able to, you know, tolerate some attitude. You need to be able to, um, you know, give yourself a suiting answer to certain issues and not always feel like you not always feel the need to you know to lash out every time or you're not in a good space and he is coming around you trying to make make you feel comfortable and you feel like irritated already by that that's because you're not tolerant if you're tolerant you know that okay this person is your spouse is your partner and no matter what's going on in your life, you need to make you need to have them, you know, to be respected. You need to have them to be loved. You need to have them to feel welcome and not feel like they are not needed at that point in time or because you're not in a good space. So they need to understand and they need to like get off your back or something. So you, you, that's what I talked about in that tolerance. So there are a lot of varying issues, so many varying issues. You know, domestic violence is an issue on its own. People need to understand that, you know, this is not normal. And even if you get to observe it play out once or twice, you need to be able to, you know, have a meeting with your spouse. You need to be able to step aside. You need to be able to, you know, give them that time to be able to rejuvenate and work on themselves. Because at the end of the day, you are two individuals coming together as one. So these are issues because if the family setting is right, if the, the mental state is right, I mean, if your mind is actually at peace, if your mind is actually in a good space, you're going to be much more productive. You're going to be less cranky. You're going to be accommodating even at work. You're not going to be 
always um, irritated or just angry because people are walking around with all of these baggages, you know, every day, day-to-day life. And you just need someone who is trusted. They need a platform that is trusted where they can easily just seek help and they don't have to spend a lot of fortune. Getting counseling should not be, should not cost you so much. And when I mean counseling, I want, I mean day-to-day counseling because these challenges just spring up because life is, is, is a different uh, world on its own. I mean, we are just like a supernatural being living in natural world. I mean, we are human beings trying to adjust daily into life because life comes with different challenges every day. You know, depression of various forms, addiction of various forms, you know, a lot of um, people would just reach out talking about, oh, um, I'm addicted to watching pornography. I really don't find my spouse attractive anymore. They need help. That is that is an help. And the thing about all of these mental challenges is that you don't get to see it. You understand? Or like when you're physically bound on a wheelchair or when you're bound on a bed, when you're sick, when you're down with malaria or you're down with, um, with, with an ailment that is physical that you can't see. You know, people cannot easily see it because it doesn't show on your skin. And if you're somebody like me who... If I'm going through a lot, you won't even see it in my expression because I have a way of concealing, of concealing it so much because I, I just don't want to put my baggage on someone else. I don't just want to put my, my problems on someone else. So I just try to just man up and just try to just continue with my life. And a lot of people are the same. You hear people committing suicide. They used to be the happiest of the happiest in their, in their, in their circle. They used to be the life of the party. And before you know it, he, he jumped in the, into, the, into the ocean or he took up substance or, or he was high on, on something. You know, these are issues. Even in your career, there are issues. There are things that cause you to just be depressed. But when you know that you have somebody who you can talk to that would give you clarity, it helps you to lift some weight off your chest. It helps you to feel lighter. It's just the same way when we're talking to uh, when we're talking to God, you know, you're talking to him knowing fully well that he's listening. And, you know, you just feel light. Even though that problem hasn't even resolved at that instance, but just letting it off your chest. You know, somebody you can talk to who is not judgmental, somebody you can talk to who isn't out there to really just uh, talk you down or talk you to see that you're the one at fault or something and you just you just get this form of peace even if it's temporary you just get that you know it helps it goes a long way so that's why i'm building mouth strings to be a place where people can reach out to various professionals and they can easily get clarity on you know several issues going on in their personal space And they can ask somebody to just, you know, give them um, help, a helping hand, and just put them through. And at the end of the day, you see that life gets easier, life gets better, and, you know, we we are much more happier. Now, you did say that um, in Nigeria, people don't talk a lot about some of these problems, even though it affects a lot of people. 
it affects a lot of people. That is true. Uh, why do you think people don't talk about this problem, this, um, this situations of life? People don't talk about these situations of life because of mockery, basically. Mockery. That's just the, that's just a simple truth. Because, um, to be sincere, I give it up for celebrities. Celebrities need to constantly have like a psychologist working with them every day because even as an individual, you're not even a celebrity. There are some certain days you wake up in the morning and you just feel so less of yourself. You feel so down. You feel so bitter. You feel like you're not even encouraged to carry on with your life. And it happens that if you're able to just get a little bit of, of light and you just eventually just pick up yourself up and keep it moving, you know, it happens. These uh, celebrities, I'm just using them as an example. They are constantly in the media. People are constantly talking about them. Some are talking good. Some are talking bad. You know, and it depends on their kind of personalities. There are some people who are built to be strong, that they can easily just take all of this negativity and they would still come out strong. They would still push through. Why some other people easily they get um, they really get disturbed by what other people say about them. You know, so the moment you're out there talking about um, issues like um, my relationship. Um, my boyfriend does this and, you know, you really might not want to talk about it because talking about it, you never can tell the intentions of the person that is listening. Possibly it's just there to listen and get to laugh over it. And most times people just try to keep things to themselves because honestly, I don't know about other society, but in the Nigerian society, it's really different. Like, we always take a lot of things like that for granted. We just hardly see things in a much more sober state where you just try to put yourself in that person's position and see, like, oh, you're actually going through a lot. Most times, you just laugh over it and be like, oh, please, it's, are you the only one? Or go and fix your issue. Or it's normal. Or we just make the person feel like... And sometimes there are some comments some people would pass you know, and you just, you just get even to weigh you down than you were before even sharing it. So you just feel like instead of you just, you know, talking to someone who would not even want to see reasons with you, who would not want to help you out of the situation, other than just, you know, even pass some negative comments or some degrading comment that would just even put you in a more bad uh, situation or more bad, a bad, or what do I put it in it? I would not even elevate your spirit. That would just, you know, push you downward into your depression. So it's better for you to just keep it to yourself and just continue, you know, with life. So that's one of the major reasons why people do not really share their personal struggles. Mm-hmm. All right, Rebecca, let's look at you personally. Why did you decide to take up this issue? Is it because you have had any experience about it or you think people might be going through some of these issues? Personally, I go through life every day, just like you and I. But it happens that there's going to be like a breaking point, a defining point for everybody. Like no matter how strong you are, there are some life um, challenges or some life incidents that can really just break you down. 
and you just feel so down. And in fact, you will, you literally just, you just have a, a, a moment or a face of, you know, shutting yourself out from the world. And I've been through that personally. And I know that a ton of other people have been through that and are currently still struggling with that. So it happens that if there's a place or if there's a platform where they can easily just get immediate help, it might not progress into deeper issues. Into deeper issues, like, because a lot of people are depressed that they currently only find joy in alcohol, in drugs, in partying, in humanizing, in so many activities just to take their mind off their current uh, challenge. Even not just relationship challenge, there are a lot of other mental challenge, other, um, you know, mental uh, challenge that cuts across other aspects of our lives. Look at your workplace, for example. You know, there are challenges that goes on over there as well. You know, even in your career, there are challenges. You are at the crossroad. You possibly don't even know what to do with your life anymore because you've tried so many things. And that's a challenge for you because you're just confused on what next to do, on which step to take. So it happens that people really need to speak with somebody. And uh, speaking with somebody should not cost you a fortune. Speaking with somebody should not, speaking with a professional should not cost you, um, should not cost you so much because you should be able to get help and you should be able to get clarity and you should be able to move on with your life as soon as you can and um, be in a right frame of mind. That's just what happens. All right. Now, how do you know this is what people are really going through? Is it because you did a research? Have you spoken to somebody that is going through some of these challenges and they have spoken to you? Is there any case study you want to share with us? I didn't do any research, but in Nigeria, there are platforms where um, people share problems anonymously, right? There are some platforms like that. You share your issues anonymously. Oh, this, this, this that happened to me. And your name, your identity will be anonymous. And people will pour in tons of opinions, tons of opinions, tons of so many things, so many bunch of advice. Some will pour in negative comments. Some will abuse you. Some will, you know, do however they please. But that doesn't take that problem away from from the person who has posted it anonymously, you know, because the person who has posted it anonymously will possibly be in the back end reading all of these people's opinion about their issue. And you never can tell. Majority of these opinions would also have its own play in that person's outcome. Because if, if uh, five out of 10 opinion is all negative, you can imagine how that person is really going to be feeling. And even the one that is uh, positive, the person might not really get so much to hold on to in form of the way out. The person might not really get so much to hold on to in form of a clarity, in form of a standpoint. The person just sees it and, okay, it makes them feel maybe, okay, this is a, a better comment. This, this one is not so hard on me. And that's all. But they are still constantly within themselves. They are still fighting this issue. And that's, where, that's why you find so many people abusing um, substances. Because I really don't think, aside peer pressure, 
I really don't think anybody would just really just find so much pleasure in, in taking a drug or in, in getting drunk, aside peer pressure. And peer pressure mostly is at the formative stage, maybe at the university level. But I'm talking about, you know, when you're already mature, when you're already independent, when you're already a grown adult and you constantly on substance because you just you're 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 mentally down and you feel like that's the only thing that can really just take you out of your of your mess At, for the temporary, just feel better, just go high. And and that's it. So I really don't need any case study. I really don't need any any research. It's just it's just life. It's just really what you see every day. People die of domestic violence. People are in relationships where they are constantly abused every every now and then without any you know clear cut direction for them because they really don't even know what to do. You know, it's just and most of the time when you're in such issues, when you're in such circumstances, when you're in such problems, you might not even know that you need you need help so much. You might not really know until maybe it's now catastrophic. But when you know that there's a platform where an incident happened and you can easily just go and get immediate, you know, professional advice immediately that would really spur you in the right direction before things get way out of hand, you would reach out. Now, looking at the Lagos situation where you are currently, uh, how rampant would you say uh, people are feeling like this, this uh, psychological situation, mental situation, how rapid is it as you look around, as you look around in Lagos? <sighs> like I always say, mental issues is not what you can see on the outside. It's not what you can see on the outside. It's only when someone sits down to really tell you what they are going through, then you would really, you would open your mouth and be like, what? So you're going through all of this because you, ne you never know. You would never know, only if they tell you. And most times they won't even tell you, they just keep managing it because they don't really know who to talk to. Half of the people they talk to are even happy they are in that situation because Nigerians, I really don't know why. They just suddenly just have this, they find this joy in the, in the, in the downfall of, of another person. I think maybe it's just the human mentality. Like, I don't know why. It's just sudden people just really find joy in other people's problems, in other people's um, downfall. So everybody just shield things to themselves and just keep going, keep going until they get to that breaking point. And, you know, a lot of potentials are, are down in depression. A lot of potentials are down in self-doubt. A lot of potentials are down in 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 destruction in self destruction because you know when you're not mentally free you can't possibly take on uh, projects you can't possibly do things that you really maybe want to do you can't possibly want to do things that you you like to do because you know you're constantly down you're going to be having to think of that issue still lingering over your head. And it's only if you're very, very strong-minded and strong-willed 
that you will still want to push through and just keep on moving. Otherwise, you could be bounded for so long. You could be bounded in that issue for, for years. And when every other person has carried on with life, done other things, moved on, you're still down there sober. I don't know if you get my point. So you really cannot see it. You can't see it. As you're talking to me now, I'm smiling. I'm okay. I'm trying to be, you know, telling, discussing with you. But you don't know if I'm going through something. You, you don't know. Likewise, you. I wouldn't know if you're going through something in your mind that is bugging you so much that you're just still trying to just pick up your life and keep it pushing every day, one day at a time. Because that's just how we are. And looking at the fact that Nigerians are also really, we don't easily get broken. You know, I think it's just the fact that we've been, we've been down for so long that, you know, for most people, it's more of, you know what, it happens every time. Let's just continue with, with life and let's just continue doing things every day at a, every day at a time. But with mouth strings, it's a, it's a platform where you do not need to be bounded in that problem. You don't need to even share it with others who would make mockery of you. You don't need to share it with the general public. Even somebody that you share the same bed with might not necessarily even have to be so much sucked up in your problem. You know, you just get that problem sorted out by you know, talking to a professional who can give you clear cut, you know, advice on the next line of action, who you can speak with and you can be able to get clarity, you can be able to get help immediately and you can feel better because it happens that someone talks to you and the person just, or you talk to someone, someone who you feel that can help you or who can help you, or you just basically have a conversation with someone. And after that conversation, it feels like, where have you been all this while? I wish I had met you, you know, for so long. You know, maybe my life would have been way better than it currently is right now. And that's because by that conversation, you've gotten so much value, so much clarity. You've seen, you've, you've seen so much way out of the situation that you are not even seeing on your own. Because as human beings as well, we we can't really mostly always see the light or know the next direction. You know, there are some times that you need the help of some other person who really can help you, no matter how intelligent, no matter how smart, no matter how beautiful you are. There are some certain times that, some certain issues that individually is just still difficult for you to, to resolve. And not just because you, 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 number one, you don't have such experience to resolve it, Number two, you, you do not even see the possibility of, you know, of it being resolved because you've, you're, just, you're just really just you know, bothered by it so much that you can't just see the way out on your own until someone else steps in to help you. Okay, now, uh, personally, again, uh, what is motivating you to carry on with this kind of job? Um, yeah, it's a it's a difficult job, but it's a very important one because this is an argument that is not talked about a lot, you not talked about enough uh, in Africa and in Nigeria in this case. But 
is something that a lot of people actually are going through. So I've tried to understand what is motivating you to carry on this particular project about emotion and meta problem among Nigerians. My motivation basically is the fact that I would find joy in seeing that you are happy. You're, you are your better self. You are much more productive. You're much more accommodating. You see your life as your personal project and you're just excited that your issue is down. For instance, um, you know, in mouth strings now, I am not a, uh, I'm not literally the person who is going to give you all of this clarity. They are certified people in different uh, fields of life. They are therapists. They are uh, psychotherapists. They are psychologists. They are social workers. They are marriage counselors. They are people who would help you with uh, pre-marriage counseling. Not just me in particular. So um, people uh, getting their situations resolved is what would, that's my motivation. Because personally, even before I decided that, okay, this is division for mouth strings, when I was still just only pushing out content on Instagram, I used to talk about things, just like a 30 seconds video, I just talk randomly about issues. And gradually I see people coming into my DM. You see people talk about issues, for real. Some issues you just hear somebody talk about and you'll be like, does this really happen? You know, you get issues like uh, somebody just talking about how they are, they've, they've been so much addicted to watching pornography and it happens that they don't even find their spouse attractive anymore. Like, I don't even find the joy. It's a mental challenge. That person will be out there, you know, looking beautiful at the place of work, looking beautiful, you know, having board meetings, doing a lot of things on the outside. But on the inside, it's something that they can't even speak with someone to. Like, this is what I'm going through. I mean, I can't even have an erection for my wife anymore because, you know, I'm so down into pornography that... It doesn't get up when I see her anymore. Or you see somebody talking about my husband. In fact, I I don't enjoy sex with him anymore. It's just I don't know I don't know why. I feel like I want to start to cheat. I feel like these are issues, and these issues, if they are not resolved, it will have a ripple effect. That marriage could be broken. Those kids could end up becoming. Uh, kids of a broken home where the husband is somewhere because the moment cheating happens trust is broken you know that's another issue already coming into the picture that was started off by a smaller issue that you ignored right there are issues where picking a, a spouse picking a life partner you're carried away is handsome he has a good job you know he has a vision and yes, you're straight up to the altar. I want to marry this person. But you know, there are some certain in-depth things that you yourself, you're not seeing, but someone can help you see by asking you some certain questions. And you feel like, oh, I never observed this. Well, that thing you didn't observe could be a problem in future. So the moment you already 
you know, look at every possibility, every angle, every red flag that you saw, but you ignored. The moment you're able to really see those things again, when someone helps you to see it by having conversation, then you can know what you're getting yourself into. And then you can decide, is this really what I want? Or I need to take a step back. Or I need to, you know, converse with my potential. Like, okay, this is it. Are you together with me on this? Will this be an issue for us when we decide to get married? Because like I said, you guys are two different individuals coming from two different backgrounds. So you need to... You need to get clarity on these things because if you're in the marriage and an issue comes up and that issue is so deep that it begins to affect you as a person, it begins to affect you mentally, you become unproductive, you don't see your life as a personal project that you're supposed to put in effort into seeing yourself grow or you, you're, you're, you're in it and it happens that there are issues going on that you don't even have control over anymore. And at that point, you can't talk to someone or you feel like you don't even know who to talk to. So these issues happen every now and then. And the moment one issue is not resolved, it you know, causes another issue. It will cause another issue. Before you know it, things, are, you know, things can get out of hand. So that's why, because right now, the society has even changed. One of those days where you can easily just sit down somebody to talk to someone. Because right now, people are very, very distracted. Distracted by comedy, distracted by a lot of things, life, you know, movies. People are really very, very, you know, distracted. Even in your, your professional life, you need to constantly send uh, email reminders because you know that someone can easily get carried away and they forget that they need to do something. So it has happened that most people are really just focused on, you know, on their personal life and even somebody who you feel you want to talk to is also going through so much and you just feel like i don't want to bother this person i don't want to bug this person let me keep it to myself and just try and continue to just move ahead but with mouth strings is not we don't want you to be in that situation we don't want you to be like that we don't want you to just feel like you don't have anybody to talk to and that's it you're not going to talk to anybody you're going to continue with the problem no recently uh, someone posted that a colleague at work just committed suicide. That's because the person was going through depression. And the person didn't see any trusted person in a circle, in a workplace, amongst a family that she can talk to. You know, possibly even if she if she tried to speak up, they could have just waved it off as, oh, no, 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 that's not a serious issue. You know, just get a grip over it. Whereas it's eating deep deeply into this person is eating deep every day that they don't even know what to do and the next thing is the results to is to committing suicide you know because the society now i think abroad is really much more um you see in abroad people go for anger management classes your a husband is becoming really uh maybe a little bit getting violent and you get to court and they don't want to maybe give you a harsh uh, sanction, the judge sentenced you to six months of anger management classes because the judge believes that we, that would help you to be a better version of yourself. Possibly that anger issue must have been as a 
you know, result of something deeper than what they can see in the physical. So they want to give you the opportunity to go and work on yourself so you can be a better version of yourself. Because, you know, even your husband that you've always known to be a very cheerful person, all of a sudden just begins to be cranky. Possibly you don't know what's bothering the person. It could be work issue. It could be life. Just suddenly becomes really cranky. And if he doesn't really get immediate help, immediate resolution to that issue, it can carry on, carry on to the point where the person, their husband begins to drift away from, from family, begins to drift away from children, begins to drift away from, from his wife. And he starts to just, you know, be alone, possibly alcohol, possibly going to the club, possibly finding joy in, you know, just staying away from the, from the house. And other issues would come up again and again. Other issues that are even that will be much more grievous when all these issues are there say maybe for example right there in lagos um a woman come to meet you and she tells you of her challenges uh, and now she like you said before she wants to start she's thinking of uh, going to cheat no or maybe a man is in a situation like this um i don't know yet started but in a battle no in between the green and the red line so she or he is in the yellow line now what do you do tell me what you do to sort of uh get them to redirect their their steps okay like i said mouth strings is a platform it's not me as a person i'm only the evangelist for mouth strings in the sense that mouth strings has people psychologists therapists marriage counselors we have experienced professionals who would give them the clarity that they need you get my point me the only issue that i'm very much passionate about that i feel like i i'm you know the thing is i have opinion in every issue in every issue of life and when it comes to marriage i have an opinion just like every other person have an opinion but then you want an opinion from someone who is experienced, who is a professional, who can really help you through that situation. Not uh, maybe based on personal opinion, oh, this is what I feel, and person gives you an advice. No. So that's mouth strings is the platform. But me personally, as a person, if I want to step into that issue and help the person out, I would first of all try to look at the factors, what has caused those challenge. Because for you to want to, there must have been a backstory. There must have been a background issue. You know, you need to, I need to be able to get that person to open up to, so I can get to the root of the matter. Because otherwise, if it's just, oh, I want to cheat, I, I feel like I want to cheat. There must have been something. There must have been something. It could be that possibly is um, is not the man you used to be in the sense that... Um, uh, since you got married, after your marriage, he has possibly um, changed in some physical aspects that you don't find attractive anymore. So in that case, definitely that means you want your husband to be physically attractive again, because that's the issue. So that means that, okay, he has to know that this is the issue and he has to work on the issue in order for him to save the marriage. All right. Thank you so much for that. Um...
Now, tell me, how can people connect with you uh, and connect with this platform where you are working so that the case, maybe they have a problem, they can reach you. Use this few seconds to promote yourself. Okay. You can visit my website, www.mouthstrings.com. So from there, you can reach out to me via any of our social platforms, LinkedIn, uh, Telegram. I'm sorry, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And also, you can also send me an email directly to sextherapist at mouthstrings.com. So what happens is you send us uh, a brief on what you're facing, and we know the right person to connect to you. And the good thing is you're not even going to be spending so much as little as the price of a pizza box, as little as 10,000 Naira, as little as uh, $25, you can be able to get to speak with a, a, a therapist or a professional that suits your problem until you're able to stand on your feet and get clarity on that situation. So you can be able to get as much as four to eight sessions of conversation you know, four to eight sessions with the, with the, with the professional with as little as 10,000 Naira. So you should visit www.mouthstrings.com. You can also send us an email on sextherapist at mouthstrings.com or you can go to any of our social media. From our website, you can access our social media. You can be able to even fill a form on the website and I'm going to get the, the message and we're going to connect you with the right person. What would be your final recommendation to this individual, whether they are in Lagos or somewhere in Nigeria, who are under stress, according to the description that you have given above, whether emotional or mental? Uh, what would you tell them? What do you think they should do? What I would tell them to do is, is to find help, basically. You need to find help. Because you don't want to wait until the situation has aggravated into more deeper situation that you can't even control. You can possibly be controlling it personally, you know, gradually, but you don't want it to, to uh, develop to a situation or to the stage where you can't even get a grip of yourself anymore. So you need to just, con you need to seek help as soon as you can. And mouth strings is here to help you. We do not judge. Our mantra here is um, unspoken thoughts, someone else's reality. What you think is so unheard of that is an abomination, it has never happened anywhere else aside you, is another person's reality. I mean, is another person's life. So do not feel like this is, is, is abnormal. This, is, this has never happened before. And you sharing it is is going to be is going to be like a huge surprise. No, you can reach out on mouse chains and you're secured, you're safe, and you're very, very sure to get clarity that would help you through it and get you back physically or get you back to be your happy self again. Thank you so much for that. Is there any other thing you would like to say to, I don't know, maybe to add to the conversation or to conclude it? Um, the only thing I would just say is 
take it easy on yourself. Life is just full of challenges. Aside marital, emotional, mental challenges, our day-to-day life is just full of a lot of challenges. So what I would just tell you is to just take it easy on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. When you set goals and you don't meet those goals, when you have targets and you don't meet those targets, don't beat yourself up. Just take it easy on yourself. You're trying your best. Just keep doing what you're doing because you're going to be fine. Thank you so much, dear Rebecca. This has been really very interesting. I appreciate the time and also the sharing. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A1 Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.